Welcome to the Professional Website Investors Podcast, the show where we talk about what it takes to successfully buy, operate, scale, and sell a thriving e-commerce business. When it comes to doing business online, we believe that buying an existing website is far superior to building one from scratch. So if you're a career professional who's looking to become an e-commerce store owner, listening to this show will give you the knowledge, tools, and community support you need to be successful. I'm your host, Ryan Cowden. And this week, we're joined by Ian Bond from ProfessionalWebsiteInvestors.com. In this episode of the Professional Website Investor Podcast, Ian and I discuss the three main risks you will face while investing in websites. Online website investing is one of the new investment frontiers that have really opened up in the 21st century. It's an exciting time out on this frontier. There's a lot of open space, several opportunities, and less competition than other, more traditional markets. Alongside these new possibilities is the presence of real risk. There is less research to guide you. There are fewer guides and companions for the journey. And we haven't been doing this as long as other types of investment. Fortunately, a lot of sound investment principles still apply in these new spaces. Our guide today, Ian Bond, shares the lessons he learned on a different frontier and how those lessons have served him well in the uncharted territory we all face today. On this episode, you'll hear how Ian's experience on Wall Street in the 1980s informs his current approach to investing. Ian has been investing in new markets for a while and has learned some valuable lessons that still hold true on the new frontier. Next, Ian shares the three common risks you'll encounter in a new investment frontier. These include having adequate information, assessing the advice you receive, and minimizing risk. Then, we'll discuss the information you'll need to navigate this new frontier. Venturing into a new frontier means there will be less information than is available in more traditional markets, so you need to search for information that will help you limit your risk. After that, we will cover how to assess the advice you'll receive from website brokers. Brokers tend to represent the sellers, not the buyers, so make sure you know how to interpret the advice you'll get from a broker. Additionally, we will go over the ways to minimize the consequences of your decisions. You may want to consider adding an escrow period to your buying process just in case any new information comes to light that would cause you to rethink your purchase. And finally, we'll share some final tips you can use to minimize your risk on the frontier, including bringing in the input of advisors, third parties, friends, and mentors. If you're looking for ways to navigate the new investment spaces of the 21st century, then this is one podcast you won't want to miss. There's a lot of actionable advice in this episode, so grab something to write with because you're going to want to take notes. As always, I'll be back on the other side to wrap up any loose ends. So, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Ian Bond. All right, Ian, welcome back to the show. It's great to see you, man. It's been a while. Seems like it's been... Spent some time in, 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 in Thailand, in northern Thailand, and you're out there living the La Vida Loca out <laughs> in Southern California. It's La La Land. <laughs> yeah, La La Land. Yeah. It's a great place to be. Yeah. Good, um, good, good to see you again. Yeah. It's good to see you too. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really excited about what we're talking about today. We're going to be highlighting the three big risks in uh, website investing. But okay. to kick us off here, I thought we would, it'd be fun to take a trip down memory lane and uh, kind of dig into your investing career. So why don't you yeah. tell us a little, bit, a little bit about how you started off in Wall Street and what that experience was like? Okay, so the three huge risks in website investing come from a long 
a long history of investing and making lots of mistakes. And I'm mortified to admit to you, Ryan, that I started on Wall Street in the summer of 1980. So I will be <laughs> starting my 40th year. Okay. Uh, you know, not too long. Now, at that time, long-term U.S. Treasury bond interest rates were in the 12% area. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average was at 850-ish or 800, I think, yeah, 850, something like that. Okay. You know, uh, today, to give you an example, 30-year uh, bonds are less than 3%. The Dow Jones is over 26,000. So it's been quite a run. Um, and, and, you know, I think the reason that this is relevant is that investing in equities back in those days, you know, seemed pretty treacherous. And, and though, um, I think most people don't have the perspective on what I refer to as, you know, these, uh, uh, three huge risks. Um, you know, on the one hand, it seems treacherous. On the other hand, I mean, as obviously, you know, you can tell from the numbers, you're in front of a huge trend that paid off incredibly well, mm. which is how I uh, get so excited about website investing. So that's my background. Okay, cool. And so that, yeah, I wanted to connect that experience specifically to website investing. So um, how did your experience on Wall Street shape your investment approach that you have today? So I've invested in illiquid investments for a very long time. Okay. And, you know, back in the day, um, you know, a lot of international investing was really considered frontier markets. Um, and when you invest in front, what, you know, what are frontier markets today, there are tons of hidden risks you really can't see very uh, easily. And, you know, these types of risks aren't unique to website investing. Um, and they're more generally applicable to investing in kind of all new asset classes. So this answer uh, is to how I've come to identify these risks really by, you know, starting in other markets and, you know, kind of uh, getting beaten up uh, over the last uh, almost four decades. Okay. So the, so the investments have changed, but the risks are basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. So, you know, an investor kind of always needs to focus on the downside, you know, before they put hard-earned money into something. And, you know, I've learned through a lot of painful mistakes uh, that you need to handicap a few things going in. And so the question, you know, the questions that I ask myself, number one, do I have great information you know, uh, on which I can make a decision? Number two, are the parties that are showing me the investment aligned with, you know, with my, my interests? And number three, and this is a big one, if I make a mistake, will the consequences be small? Okay. okay. Yeah. So those are, the, those are the three things. So I have great information. Uh, are the parties that I'm dealing with, are they aligned with me? And, you know, uh, how easy is it to undo what I've gotten myself into? Okay. Great. Well, I'd love to, to dive in and unpack those three, those three questions then. Um, let's start with the first one. What do you mean by, do I have great information to make a decision? All right. So on Wall Street today, you know, if I wanted to go buy Apple computer stock, you know, I can probably get 50 research reports, 100 pages in length from, you know, uh, very reputable uh, brokers. And I can compare and contrast their opinions 
Um, and while I may not know what they're talking about, uh, that's my knowledge and not a lack of information. Um, that's just not the case in what I would call frontier markets or new asset classes. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just, you know, there is, there is, there's a lack of information, okay. not a, not a deluge of information. Okay. So as we go into a new frontier, there's a lot of new territory and there's not a lot of information. You think that's kind yeah. of the case with high ticket drop shipping? We're kind of on the new I, frontier I think, here? Look, I, you know, I think it's true with, I think it's, you know, this is a nascent asset class. Um, there are tons of opinions out there. They're not nearly as well proven. There certainly aren't, you know, 50 people that can opine on something as specific as Apple computer stock or the, the, the type of the, the specific investment that you're going to look at. And so you have to handicap what the risks are um, with the, uh, the available information. And that, that, that's a big deal, you know, uh, uh, you know, in this type of investment. Okay, great. All right, well, let's go to that second indicator then. Um, are the parties I'm involved with who are showing me this information, are they aligned with my interests? So what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> well, you know, in website investing, you know, make no mistake about it. The broker, the website broker is paid by the seller. So they represent the seller and they do not represent you. And, you know, that's very different, you know, from having, you know, a brokerage account at Merrill Lynch where your broker is hoping to have, you know, a long-term relationship with you. Or if you buy a home, your real estate broker is probably, you know, a friend of the family and you're going to see them all the time and they want you to do well. And so this is just a huge conflict of interest for website investors uh, to overcome. Um, you know, most website brokers are really courting sellers because that's where they get their product. And, you know, it's buyer beware. So the deck is sort of stacked against you um, from both an information and an alignment of interest standpoint, for sure. And, right. you, know, you know, make no mistake about how nice that website broker is. You know, they want to collect the commission, which is paid by the seller. and um, you know, uh, you've, 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 you've got to come over, overcome that. Okay. Interesting. So, so maybe we should move on to that third, third category and just kind of get all the questions out in the open, uh, before we dig into them a little bit deeper. Uh, the third thing you, you highlighted was if I make a mistake, will the consequences be small? So can you explain yeah. that a little bit more? Yeah. You know, what happens, Ryan, when you, when you close on a website, you go through an escrow period mm -hmm. and you verify everything you can. And when you have verified everything, you, you know, are the proud owner of uh, a very illiquid investment that's tough to get out of, you know, on a moment's notice. I mean, it, you know, if, if you've identified a problem after the fact, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, doubly uh, uh, problematic uh, because if you've misjudged it, it, you know, could very well be material and there's no market for this stuff, you know. You may literally have a full write-off on your hands, and you know there are ways to look at uh, uh, things to to uh, uh, you know kind of ameliorate this. But you know it's not like you know going back to the Apple computer stock. If I buy it today, I can sell it tomorrow. You know, even mm -hmm. good real estate is hard to turn around and sell the next day. I mean, you know, you can argue that prime real estate 
is as good as it gets. And everyone listening to this who's been in the real estate market knows that if you you uh, buy prime real estate today, you know, um, you know you're at a, a huge amount of risk in terms of uh, if you want to turn around and sell it quickly if your situation changes or if you think you made a mistake. Okay. Okay. So so we don't have a lot of uh, information because we're out on the frontier. Uh, the brokers are representing the sellers and it's hard to resell or <laughs> get out of this once we buy it. So it seems like there's a lot of risk up front. Um, so would you say that going into these investors, um, we're looking to minimize risk? That's kind of our dominant attitude in yeah. this, on this frontier? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So you 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 look you 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 try to develop you know the most prudent plan going in. Obviously, you've done your homework. You're excited to go forward. You've had seller um, conference calls. You've asked as much relevant information uh, as you can. And then there are there are a few things that you can do. I think uh, to protect yourself. Okay. Um, if you feel nervous or if you're new to the game, let's let's break some of those down. Then, um, okay. do, you want, do you want to go back through kind of the big three? Could we talk about yeah. the lack of information? What's what's something you can do to to get more information or get better information? Well, okay, let's you know let's think of this as a, a real estate transaction because I think it's a a uh, probably a pretty good analogy. Um, and I was interviewed by International Lib- Living Ma- Magazine recently and for an article that they were doing and they were calling it online real estate. So I think it, I think it, you know, there's some, some strong parallels, you know, in a real estate transaction, you use an escrow. And so I mentioned it and, you know, uh, you know, as opposed to directly wiring the seller money and then having a dispute later, use an escrow always, um, whether you're using a website broker or whether you're using a third-party escrow, um, I've not ever had a problem as a buyer using a website broker escrow, even though they would be conflicted because they represent the seller. Um, if you find what you consider to be a you know a material problem, um, you know you can throw the towel. Um, and I'd be interested if anyone's listening to this if they've had a problem where you know the the um, the website broker uh, disagreed and, and didn't do it. So I and, and didn't agree with them and you know, had a problem, but I'd never heard of that. Um, the, the second thing that I would do is, uh, you know, get a third party due diligence opinion on, on any of the, the areas that you either are not um, as familiar with, or you're not facile with, um, you know, for a great resource for people that want to get a general opinion, there's a wonderful firm that really is a great uh, buyer's or investor's resource called Centurica. Centurica is run by Chris Yates, and you can contract with them to have um, to, to to do due diligence for you, and you can point them in a dire- in, in a direction that that you know you need help in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, finally, you know, and this is something I've done, you know, find a, an advisor, find a mentor, find somebody from you, you know, find a, a group of people that you can buy, uh, bounce an idea off of um, that know the strategy that you're looking at um, and, you know, know it cold. And, you know, in some cases, you may even find people that know the niche that you're looking at and, um, you know, 
at the very least, uh, you know, they could probably give you kind of an off the top of their mind view of things. Um, but they also will have a Rolodex if they've been in, if they've been in the business and, you know, they can, you know, you've got the network effect. So you can get, yeah. get people who can, who can get people to help you. That's invaluable to me. Sure. Okay. Um, I was wondering if there's any advice you have specifically for working with these brokers, as, as you say that they're, they're more representing the, the sellers than the buyers, anything we should have our antenna up for, are there any code words we should be listening for or, you know, how do you deal you know, with these people? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I, I think, yeah, stay with the reputable brokers. Okay. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, we've mentioned names before and the, the, you know, you, you'll do fine. Uh, um, you, know, you know, generally, you're not going to have uh, issues with with reputable people. I don't want to overplay this. I just sure. want to point out. Yeah. I want to point out that you know, as a as an investor, you know, like in real estate, uh, the sellers pay the commission, and you know, people kind of accept that in real estate, and and um, you know, you know. You know, let's not overlook that when we talk about website investing. Mm -hmm. And I would be very suspicious of dealing with someone who is not affiliated with one of the big firms, doesn't have a reputation that they're worried about protecting, is only in there for a one shot or something like that. But the, you know, the bigger firms are, you know, the, the, the people that you should deal with. And, you know, I've had excellent, um, you know, excellent uh, um, advice. From the bigger firms, even when to the extent where you know maybe I have found something um, in a listing that you know I think is questionable, or even to the extent sometimes when I've had a listing that that you know kind of um, like the financials have rolled over, they have you know because of relationships they have alerted me and you know said you know cool your jets, wait a while, let's see how this looks. Wow. So. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. I don't want to beat. I don't want to beat that. You know, beat up the website brokers too bad because I've got great relationships with okay. them. So, yeah, and that's even a good advice. Build build those relationships. I think <laughs> with those you know if okay. Yeah. So yeah, to take it to the next level, yeah. if you really if you if you really want to protect yourself, develop the relationships with the website brokers so that you absolutely know they're going to get a an you know if you're going to be a regular investor, you know you're going to get a a fair shake. And, 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 you know, the reality is that, that, you know, most people uh, in the business, you know, want to do the right thing. Um, nobody's really trying to, to um, stuff you with a bad deal, um, especially at the, at, at the big firms. If you, you know, you, you know, if you deal with the big reputable guys and you develop great relationships, you're well protected. Okay, great. And then that, that final risk you identified was, you know, if I make a mistake, will the consequences be small? Um, we've already talked about having an escrow period and, and, and working with brokers, but is, is there any other advice you have for how we can minimize the risk or, or keep the consequences small in these investments? Uh, to be honest with you, Ryan, the only way to keep the consequences small is to put a smaller amount of money at risk. Okay. Um, if you're if you're doing a larger transaction where there could be an earnout, you can shift some of the risk to the seller. Um, you could pay the seller over time on a larger transaction, but you know most transactions under, you know at least under a hundred thousand dollars, 
they're going to be settled in cash up front. And so um, there's not an opportunity to do much, uh, you know, in terms of earn out or seller financing. So really minimizing the, uh, uh, the amount you put up. Now, if you are doing a larger transaction, absolutely shift some of the, uh, 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 the risk to the, to the seller by doing an earn out, by doing a, um, uh, you know, some kind of a, um, a buyer financing, you know, uh, you know, you can work with the, 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 the real estate brokers and get very creative to do those things. And people do them all the time. We've done them. So, you know, um, it's a great way to make sure that your interests are aligned. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things I love having is having a um, seller who knows the business really well stay on for a period of time um, as a, uh, you know, a minority partner, let's say 20 to 49% or something. Yeah. And to have them benefit if the business does really well for that, you know, for that first year and, and, you know, pay them even higher than the proportionate amount because they're going to help you with the suppliers. They're going to help you with the knowledge gap you have initially. Um, you know, if you can, you know, pay for 51% now and pay a higher amount as the business, you know, excels and does incredibly well, that's a win-win. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have that than, you know, be tossing the keys and say, have somebody say, good luck. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Uh, well, we're almost out of time. Um, but what's, what's kind of your final word for people as they, as they head out to the frontier? What's, what's that, uh, the last word here? I, I would tell you, you know, the old Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, the old Ronald Reagan quote and with the Jimmy Carter uh, uh, presidential election back in 1980, uh, which, you know, uh, you know, I re re recall was he asked the American population if, um, you know, if they were better today, uh, better off today than they were four years ago. And it was a resounding no. Okay. And so if you, if you ask yourself those three questions, you know, do I have great information? Are the buyers, are my interests aligned with the sellers? And, you know, it, it, you know, is it just a small, a small problem if I make a mistake? If you can't answer that, yes, then you've got you to gotta watch out, okay? Right. right. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this was really great. Thanks a lot, Ian. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Good to see you again. Look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, me too. All right, folks. There you have it. That wraps up my conversation with Ian Bond of Professional Website Investors. He shared a ton of valuable insights and advice today on how to avoid the three main risks of website investing. We also shared some tools and resources, which will all be linked up in the show notes at professionalwebsiteinvestors.com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Please consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review in your favorite podcast directory. Until next time, best of luck in all that you do, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Professional Website Investor Podcast.